1: to gamble on the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com i'm eric raskin usbets managing editor and media director and i'm joined by our senior analyst pulitzer prize finalist john brennan who has been playing guitar hero all week having been inspired by last week's interview guest james holzhauer john have you mastered the sweet child of mine solo yet
2: you're taunting me now eric you know uh you know i said (laughs) last week i'm just a slow slow twitch guy living in a fast twitch world um no guitar hero and uh I also have nothing to add on the expected body count for Game of Thrones, other than to say that (laughs) I'll admit I'm terrified of people who watch that show. I mean, uh, I'm the kind of guy who looks for uh, on the Internet for alternative endings to Bambi, hoping there's a better finish. And by the way, don't don't google search for that because it doesn't yeah <laughs> it, it goes it goes in a far different direction there's no deer involved in any of the alternative endings that i saw so
1: <laughs> i i appreciate you uh, not giving away out and out spoilers for those who haven't seen bambi that was very gentle of you <laughs> yes exactly um i'll just note that uh, i have tried guitar hero myself uh, but i stink at it uh, but i i am very good at cowbell hero if you need more cowbell i'm your guy Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you to everyone for joining us for episode 37 of Gamble On. If you missed any of our previous 36 episodes, they're all available on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Just click the subscribe button and you'll never miss another episode. And this week is one of those traveling Man John episodes where he's on the road covering a conference, except the road is only a few miles long this time as the conference pretty much came to him at the Meadowlands in New Jersey.
2: Yeah, that's right, Eric. Uh, I'm in between sessions at the Betting on Sports America conference as we record this, in fact. And uh, coming up a little later on the podcast, I'll be flying solo in the interview segment for the first time, by the way, uh, with my guest, Roto Grinders director of media, Dan Bach, who also is in New Jersey for the conference. So we'll do the interview in person. And Eric, you're going to be sitting this one out. Dan um, and I will talk about the conference relationship between daily fantasy sports and sports betting and, and a lot more. But first, it, as you well know, even the uh, midweek it's been another busy uh, week in the world of gambling so let's get right to it here's your gamble on news of the week an inside look at the biggest stories
3: in the world of gambling
1: let's start with the betting on sports america conference uh we're recording this podcast on thursday morning so one day down one day to go 40 sessions 175 speakers including our own john brennan on a thursday panel titled new jersey land of opportunity this is a case where i don't have to give a lot of setup to the news item i'd rather cede the floor to you john to talk about it Uh, so two questions as a veteran of many similar conferences what makes this conference unique if anything and what were some of the highlights of day one well,
2: yeah, Eric, you know, it's not the first gaming conference in the New York City area with a decidedly Eurocentric twist, but this one is, I think, uniquely timed and uniquely located. Um, many of the visitors, no doubt, are staying at hotels in Manhattan, so they can arrive at the Meadowlands Exposition Center in Secaucus, New Jersey, make all the legal mobile sports bets they like, just make sure to get them in before the return transportation heads into the Lincoln Tunnel. Uh, <laughs> there's no betting over there. Um, and many of the uh, visitors, no doubt, will be attending the Hall of Fame ceremony in Manhattan on Thursday night, honoring former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Mammoth Park Operation. Operator, uh, Dennis Drazen and legendary Las Vegas bookmaker Art Mentaris, um, but they can't legally bet there. It's uh, it's kind of a, an odd quirk, but the, the, these uh, visitors get to see both worlds of New Jersey and New York that I'm, I'm seeing up front. Um, I think a noticeable highlight for many was Wednesday night. I noticed uh, there was a rooftop after party at the Meadowlands racetrack. Um, It turned out the weather was spectacular, which would not have been true a week ago, certainly. Uh, (laughs) So you got the lovely sunset to the West, a gorgeous Manhattan skyline view to the East. And by sundown, MetLife stadium, you know, home to the giants and jets was a lot more visible than the, as yet unfinished after 17 years, American dreams, (laughs) Meadowlands project. So um, it really couldn't have worked out better for the organizers. And um, I noticed uh, in a little, stop over myself that the uh, the guests were enjoying the perfect weather i think well into the evening i don't even know how late but um that's <laughs> for the that's for the panels you know dan bach you mentioned the grotervinders our podcast guests. he helped us understand the context of dfs in light of the expanding sports betting in the united states what you know how do they connect and how do they not connect um governor murphy of new jersey gave a speech designed to convince all 1600 dele- delegates to move to new jersey the land of milk and honey right. <laughs> we had a uh, we had Chris Grove from Eilers and Krejcik Gaming explaining the seven different types of sports bettors and how, to, how for these operators to figure out which groups you want, which, which ones you don't want, and how to market to them. Um, Ex-Philly Ryan Howard, ex-Eagle Brian Westbrook, uh, not to you, Eric. Um, they talk venture capital and sports betting. Um, former Gamblon podcast guest Jamie Salzberg of AfterGambling.com. He was on a panel explaining how he and others don't oppose sports betting legalization, but instead focus on how to provide funding for compulsive gamblers in a country that doesn't require anything at this point. And obviously some states are really uh, severely lacking on that front. Uh, of course, there were panels on Native American tribes, the role of state lotteries, and uh, even a whole panel on the Wire Act of 1961. Wow. There you go I missed that one. I missed that one I'm apologize.
1: <laughs> was there was there a rule about people born the same year as the wire act uh, not, not, not attending that one I don't
2: know uh, I I came up with whatever <laughs> exemption I could okay um,
1: yeah uh, a lot of interesting sounding panels I, I obviously would have liked to have attended the Brian Westbrook uh, Ryan Howard one uh, that you mentioned almost surprised that uh, that Alan Iverson wasn't a part of that considering he's representing points bet you would think he would uh, fit in nicely there um, uh, he's,
2: but- he's not he's not Alan's not- i covered him a little bit in the nba he's not really big on a schedule per se <laughs> right
1: <laughs> or practice for that matter
2: well yeah uh, that's well known <laughs>
1: um i just i, I just hope uh, that betting on sports america didn't sign ryan howard to an expensive long-term contract you know he'll he'll give you a few good years of conference and panel appearances but sign him for to a long-term deal you'll, you'll be regretting that deal by about year six or seven so yeah, uh, gotta, you gotta, gotta, you gotta move gotta
2: Got to move on from that one, Eric. Got to move
1: on. <laughs> hey, we we he he was a key part of one championship. I always uh, appreciate uh, appreciate him for that. But now th- this conference, um, without being there, obviously just looking at it from afar, it definitely feels bigger, more buzz uh, than some of the other ones that have gone on over the course of the past year or so. Uh, and and I think just the fact that it's it's in New Jersey. Uh, which is becoming, you know, I, Las Vegas is still the gambling capital of America, but New Jersey is, I guess, the online gambling capital and, uh, a real hub of activity. And of course, easier to get to from Europe. So, uh, kind of makes sense that, that this would feel a little bigger than all those other ones.
2: Yeah. I mean, of all the places in the world, um, this, this is where they need to be is, um, Caucus, New Jersey.
1: (laughs) A a statement rarely uttered in the history of mankind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Our first news story this week required little narration from me. Our second news story requires a lot of narration because it's six stories in one as a whole bunch of states, none of them on the coasts, made varying degrees of progress towards sports betting legalization. Uh, I'll give you a one-sentence summary of each, and I'll just go alphabetically here. Colorado had a hearing on Monday. A House Finance Committee approved the new legislation by a 9-to-1 vote. There would be retail and mobile sports betting that could begin as soon as May 2020. Indiana has been working on a gambling expansion package, and on Monday, mobile sports betting was reinserted into the discussion. Then on Wednesday, it passed through Congress and got sent to the governor. In Iowa, the House voted 67-31 to to pass a sports betting bill on Monday, sending it to the governor's desk as well, uh, with a chance of retail sports betting happening in time for football season, with mobile betting to follow. In Louisiana, a bill moved out of committee and onto the Senate floor but with a limited mobile component. In Montana, a state we just talked about recently, as a sudden candidate to legalize next. Things are continuing apace with the sports betting bills going to the governor's desk late last week. And lastly, Tennessee is suddenly moving very quickly as the House approved a sports betting bill by a 58-37 vote on Wednesday with the Senate meeting on it Thursday today as we record this. Uh, And that bill covers mobile betting. Whew. Uh, John, a lot of news there. Uh, give me your best bet to legalize soon, your worst bet to legalize, and any other takeaways from that avalanche of news.
2: Well, what amazes me is that for months and months, we've just seen this uh, stagnation yep. and ex- expectations that having failed. And then all of a sudden, we get this avalanche. And, I mean, Tennessee sure looks solid. So does Iowa. I mean, uh, I'm getting used to the Hoosier hedge in Indiana, but um, <laughs> that might even that might even be gone. Um mm-hmm. Montana was the subject of some amusement at the conference. Um, There's a debate over whether to offer mobile sports betting became a debate over whether Montanans have any mobile cell service in Big Sky country.
1: Oh, come on now. Don't uh, don't don't besmirch Montana's Beautiful, beautiful
2: in land. i tell you that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. All those states that you mentioned show a lot of promise. Uh, Tennessee maybe say, seems. A little iffy, and that people are unsure of the governor's position. Although there seems to be, there seems to be a feeling, though, that he's not going to stand in the way of it if an overwhelming majority are, are favoring it. Um, but yeah, you you hit the the key thing there that uh, we had this stagnation, and now all of a sudden, very possible that you know four dominoes might fall in the next few weeks, and and then throw in Colorado. That's a very progressive state in many regards. Uh, you know, the the first few months of the year. Not much was happening, and now it's just a whole bunch all at once. They're, they're certainly they're they're keeping Brian Pempis and Jill Dorson busy. That's that's for yeah. sure.
2: Oh, well, spring is in the air, I think, and it's uh, it's getting to their heads.
1: Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, finish up the news segment with the hottest ongoing story in sports gambling. James Holzhauer, a.k.a. Jeopardy James, the professional sports better out of Las Vegas who appeared on this very podcast last week, crossed the million-dollar mark on Tuesday's episode of the game show, becoming only the second player to do so in an initial Jeopardy run, and he now holds the top seven single-day scores. Uh, I've started watching with my kids every night. They're getting into it, and it's getting to the point where... James will have a $90,000 day, and it feels ho-hum. Uh, you know, he put up $73,000 on Wednesday night. Trebek seemed almost disappointed. Uh, in the past week, uh Hulshauer has started doing more media. I think it's uh, safe to say that Gamble On successfully loosened him up for everybody uh-huh. else. Like um, <laughs> there was a personality profile on ESPN.com by David Purdom last week. Uh, he appeared on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. He was on the Dan Patrick Show. Clearly, he likes doing sports media in particular. Um, he joined Twitter also in the last couple of days. Oh. Uh, and perhaps most importantly, James mixed it up this week and wore a sweater on Monday instead of a button-down shirt. Um, curious for your thoughts on any and all of this, John. Uh, but first, we have yet to do an over-under, uh, surprisingly. So let's do that now. You want to set a line for how much money James will have when he finally gets dethroned?
2: Mm, how much does he get to before that? Uh. I'm going to call James the $6 million man. Uh, Whoa! A new one. That's from 1970s. <laughs> before your time, Eric. But there was a I, I mean,
1: I certainly season. know of it. I don't think but, I watched it, but I know of it. Yeah,
2: Yeah. let me Let me. add. Uh, it was uh, Farrah Fawcett's husband, Lee Major. So mm-hmm. uh, at any rate, I, I, here's my best bet. If there was uh, only a board for all this, this is what I would go for. I say James goes out. Whenever he goes out, he goes out like a badass. He bets it all on Final Jeopardy and loses.
1: The Cliff Clavin 22,000 big ones uh, <laughs> uh, approach. Oh, um, this is
2: the professional version of that for sure. <laughs>
1: Are, the, your, the line you're setting for me to go over or under is really 6 million?
2: Yeah, what's he at now? Yeah.
1: He's, a, he's, he's at one point one something or other.
2: Yeah, okay, that's about right. Because like I said, uh, not that he's going to get bored, but he, he's willing to take chances. And uh, you know, I think uh, there's a little bit of a, either a trick question or just something he misinterprets a little bit and bets it all and goes out. So six is a good number. That's he's, he's got some wins to get yet.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, that's I, I will take under six million. That, but uh, I guess it's not impossible. But you know, Ken Jennings uh, ended up with about two point five, although it took him seventy four shows to get there. Uh, I am. I am. <laughs> he
2: left. He left ten million dollars on the table. <laughs>
1: he's <starting> to <laughs> I suppose so. But um, I, I certainly am growing confident that uh, that James will pass Ken Jennings, at least in terms of money, maybe not days on the show. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, he's almost halfway there. Dollar wise. Six million still seems like a lot, though. I'll take the under. But um, I do think. You know, with his volatile betting style, uh, it could end at any moment, uh, but it's going to require a rare two-punch combination to land on him. That He'll need to miss a daily double in double jeopardy. That, that'll that keep an opponent or two within range of him. And then, like you said, bet big on final jeopardy and miss that as well. Uh, when When he finally loses, it seems to me, that's how it'll have to happen that a, a big bet backfires in double jeopardy. And then he gets final jeopardy wrong also. And from what I've seen, he hasn't gotten final jeopardy wrong yet. So uh, it may take it's... a while before, before something trips him up. Um, and and by the way, I'll just note that the, uh, the Purdom piece on ESPN was, uh, was really excellent. Um, He really helped readers get to know James and the full story of his his betting past. Uh, Not surprising to learn that he's friends with some successful poker players. I'd say that adds up. Uh, And the the Van Pelt interview, uh, I got a kick out of him saying that WWE catchphrases is a hypothetical category that he would dominate. Um, (laughs) I I would do okay in that category myself, I think. Uh, But James called himself, quote, a connoisseur of low culture. I like that. Uh, It it was a good interview. uh, But just remember, Van Pelt, we had him first. That's right. All right, well, uh, let's get to the interview segment now. And uh, as noted at the top of the show, I'll be stepping aside. So uh, take it away, John, uh, with Dan Bach.
3: It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling.
0: Let's
1: get
3: to the Gamble On interview.
2: This week, we're happy to welcome back to the Gamble On podcast, Dan Bach, the Roto-Grinders Director of Media and host of Grinders Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. Dan and I are on site of the Betting on Sports America conference gathering of more than 1,600 gaming executives from around the globe. And can there be a more appropriate place in the world for them to gather than the Meadowlands Exposition Center in Secaucus, New Jersey? A stone's throw from the Meadowlands Sports Complex and a few stone throws away from Manhattan. Uh, Dan, welcome to Jersey.
3: Yeah, excited to be here. First time. I don't know if I've ever been to Jersey. Obviously, lots of trips to New York, but I don't know if I've ever, you know, uh, crossed the river and and been on this side. But uh, super pumped for the conference and to actually be able to... Bet on sports on my phone, regulated legally here. So this is fun.
2: Yeah, more than a dozen uh, sports betting apps here, obviously. And uh, I'll try and get you to the uh, Meadowlands uh, Sports Complex and the racetrack for the uh, sports book there. And uh, so as far as this event goes, Dan, the Sports Betting America, uh, are you here more to network, gather information? Uh, What's the benefit for you business-wise to travel to these kind of events?
3: Yeah, there's uh, definitely networking in this industry where there's so many New people coming into it, new players coming into it. The the more that you can you know network with people, the better the relationships you're going to build. Uh, I was also asked to 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 be on a panel talking a little bit about daily fantasy, which uh, is one of my biggest passions. You know, over the last uh, decade or so, so that was exciting for me to you know represent DFS a little bit here too.
2: Yeah, uh, now you can't bet legal in your home state, obviously, but we hear you've been eyeing some bets uh, to make on this trip and uh, tweeting about some of the lines you like on Dan underscore B A C K on Twitter. Um, so, what are the, some of the biggest bets you have your eye on, and have you made any yet?
3: Yeah, I, I love the NFL draft, so that is one thing that I'm definitely looking to uh, maybe leverage a little bit because I, I think that there's potentially some softer lines there because uh, and, and not that you know anybody really knows what is going to happen except the guys who are putting in the picks. But I do think that sometimes the media will drive lines further than they need to be because that's honestly really the only indicator that these sports books have. So I think you can get some pretty good value on that. Obviously NBA playoffs in full swing got crushed uh, by Damian Lillard last night on that 40-footer uh, at the buzzer. But it, it's fun to be able to, you know, sweat some games here.
2: Yeah, and anything, uh, any comparison to Las Vegas? I mean, obviously you can bet legally there, you can bet legally here. Is this any different at all? Or well,
3: it's it's 100% different because, you know, in Vegas, I'm walking in and going up to the counter and watching the games there. Here, the mobile factor just makes it so convenient. And to be able to go and access so many different sports books at just a couple of taps of a button instead of having to jump in cab to cab to cab. And, you know, yes, they have some mobile betting in Vegas, but it's such a pain to have to show up in person. And, you know, I think that New Jersey... His has kind of cracked the code on on mobile betting, and I'm hoping that you know a lot of new states, and hopefully eventually Nevada will follow suit and uh, and you know use this kind of blueprint that they built.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that they're kind of finding in New Jersey already that um, even though people bet on their phone, the idea isn't they're sitting in their bedroom and then they bet on the game and then they watch on, at home. They go out and socialize anyway. They might go to the Maryland Sportsbook, uh, yeah. for instance, or Monmouth Park or or Atlantic City Casino. So it's not that they necessarily stay home and make the bet, although plenty of people do, but A lot of people still do the social aspect, but, right, there's no line to deal with, and they know they can get their bed in. They can do it beforehand, so if they're running late, it's convenient. So uh, it seems to be working well so far. So, you know, uh, Dan, when you were on the podcast last August with my partner, Eric Raskin, uh, we asked you whether sports betting was – going to hurt dfs handle it all and uh, eight months down the road now do you have a better sense of whether is legal sports betting is it good or bad for the dfs industry or is it relevant or
3: yeah i mean i, I think it, it's certainly not bad um because the two biggest players in sports betting are the two biggest players in daily fantasy and it's really allowed those companies to um you know Spend more marketing dollars. That was the big thing back then that I was talking about. And by spending those marketing dollars, that's still going to bring more people into DFS. So, you know, I'm very curious how this panel is going to go today. And you know, I, I asked FanDuel for you know some analytics in terms of uh, whether or not you know they've seen a decrease in, in customers. DraftKings has come out and said we have growth. I believe FanDuel is going to say the same thing. So, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's it's really hindered daily fantasy at all.
2: So uh, for those who aren't lucky enough to see your uh, presentation at this conference, uh, any key points you want to get in there? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a few things I want to
3: obviously cover. One, you know, especially because is it, it's FanDuel and DraftKings right now. Is it even possible for another company to come into this space? And we've got some more prop-based uh, fantasy games that are starting to uh, to exist in the market. And I'm curious to... To know, we got Adam Wexler from Prize Picks, who's going to talk a little bit about his business, and then from the content angle, you know, what do DFS content providers do in terms of crossing over to uh, sports betting content? And you know, it, it's not an easy. You probably say, well, they do it, maybe, but there's investment that takes place, and you know, down the road, sports betting is going to be a huge, huge. Deal across the country, but right now, in terms of the regulated market, we're still at just a, a handful of states that you know can can legally and regul you know have the regulations in place for it. So, is it worth spending the money on? Sports betting content. If you're a fantasy operator right now, so those are just a couple of the things, and uh, and yeah, you know, just
2: excited to you know hear from our, our panelists. Yeah, and finally, Dan, uh, do you feel as if casual DFS players are similar to casual sports betters? Um, about highly active players in each, or professionals in each? Uh, does it seem that most people who can legally try both will do that, or mainly stick to one preferred mode? What's the crossover or lack of it uh, there?
3: Yeah, and those are more numbers. I can't wait to hear from FanDuel because. You know, they're the ones who know because they operate in New Jersey here, both, you know, in DFS and in the uh, the regulated gambling market. Um, for me personally, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of people who might eventually just cross over to betting because, A, it's a little bit easier. You don't take as much time building lineups. But then on the flip side, I also think that winning in the long run uh, against the house betting lines is way tougher than beating, you know, Johnny and in, in uh, Nebraska in a, in a head-to-head contest um, on you know NBA on a given night like it's it's just peer versus peer versus peer versus house. There's going to be a greater edge peer versus peer. But are people going to willing going to be willing to continue to put in the work when there's another option that's Cut and dry and super easy. I think that's going to be the uh, the interesting thing down the road.
2: Yeah, DFS does you give that sense of control. You can decide, you know, because obviously you may love the the Patriots in the game, except you're not happy with their defense or their kicker or or whatever. And and that's it. You can take Patriots or you don't. And obviously you can shade that with a. Um, daily fantasy team you can pick a couple of patriots and then say well i want to get away from this so i've got this part of the patriots but i've got something else with another team so it is more work as you say but on the other hand it uh, can be more rewarding so all right well that'll do it and uh, thanks to dan bach for a second stint on the podcast
1: two men, two men.
2: ten thousand dollars will they run it up or
3: blow it all
2: it's time to check in
3: on the gamble on bankroll
1: All right, we have a lot of new results in, some from bets made last week, some from bets made the week before, and it was a decidedly mixed bag for our bankroll. Uh, let's start with the bad news. Uh, the Jim Furick bets, $100 on him to finish in the top 20 and a $20 flyer on him to win the tournament, were a double bogey. Uh, so we lost $120 there. We also lost $157 on the favored Padres losing to the Reds last Thursday. Uh, John and I are definitely a couple of coolers when it comes to betting on (laughs) or against the Reds Um, and going back a couple of weeks, my hundred dollar long shot bet on the Pacers to upset the Celtics couldn't have been worse as Indiana got swept on the plus side. We made up for that Pacers air ball with two winning playoff series bets. John put $150 on the Houston Rockets to advance as minus 300 favorites. So we profited $50 there. And he put another 150 on the Bruins over the Maple Leafs, squeaked that one out in seven games to win $100. Uh, Also, I bet on the Warriors to cover the eight and a half point spread in Game Three against the Clippers. That won us a hundred bucks, and my two hundred fifty dollars bet on Terrence Crawford to win by stoppage against Amir Khan was a winner, so we won another hundred dollars there. Add it all up, and we lost twenty seven dollars, <laughs> <laughs> a loss, but uh, you know, just uh, a small meal. That's that's about what we're down for the week. Uh, so we're uh, ahead by five hundred nineteen dollars now overall. We have eight hundred ninety dollars on hold in futures bets. So we have $9,629 to bet with this week, and I'm up first. Now, here's a crazy stat for you. In their last 10 playoff series dating back to 2014, the Toronto Raptors have lost Game 1 nine times. Nine of the last 10, they've dropped Game 1. Uh, that's insane, especially considering how many times they were the better team and came back to win the series, and how many times they were at home dropping Game 1. But for whatever reason, they stink in Game 1s. And I'm counting on that to continue as I make a total homer pick here, betting $100 on my Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, At first, I saw them as a plus 190 underdog, but I kept sniffing around, found them at plus 205 at DraftKings Sportsbook Mm. to win game one. They're about a plus 150 underdog in the series overall, Uh, but plus 205 to steal game one in Toronto. The Eastern Conference playoffs are about to get very interesting uh, after a predictably dull first round. These are some interesting second-round series, and this one gets really interesting if the Sixers earn us some money in game one. So I'm putting the 100 bucks on the Sixers to take the first game.
2: All right, Eric, uh, NFL draft time. And, uh, you know, I closely listened to Giants general manager Dave Gettleman last year. You know, everything he said tell- for weeks, if not months, telegraphed that he takes to Quan Barkley, the Penn State running back. Uh, basically, uh, I need a guy who I can picture going to Canton. He puts the jacket on and uh, best of class and and— and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm not going to overdraft for quarterback and yada, yada. And he did. He picked Barkley. So this year, again, the tea leaves read no quarterback would pick six. Uh, he said he disagrees with the idea that you have to uh, stretch further to get a quarterback in another position. He said that's a big mistake. You can't do that. You got to take the best player and all that. So give me $100 at even money that the Giants go defensive line there.
1: OK, so any defensive lineman uh, wins yeah. us that one. OK, Um I'm going to stick with basketball, playoff basketball, for my second bet of the week. Uh, I have no idea what to make of the Celtics. I've had no idea all season. If you followed the show, you know that. Um, but my best guess is that the Pacers series flattered to deceive and that they're going to come back to earth big time against the superior Bucs. Uh The Bucks are about a minus 300 favorite to win the series. Nothing fun about betting that, although it might be the smart way to go. I'd rather make it fun by picking the exact number of games. If I had to guess, I'd say Milwaukee's going to win this series in five, closing it out on their home court. And the odds on that specific scenario are plus 275. Not really a great price, but... What the heck? Good enough. I'll bet $100 to win $275 that it will be bucks in five, with the added bonus of extra motivation to root against a Boston team.
2: (laughs) There you go, Eric. Yeah, I've got my own little mini stat for you. Um, The last three NHL teams that enjoyed a first-round sweep and then got to face an exhausted seven-game winner, uh, well, the rest of the team's all lost. So um, I think the Islanders might upend that mini-streak, actually, in the second round. But uh, my bet instead is on the Bruins, uh, 157 to win 100 over Columbus. Um, The Blue Jackets are going to try and act like they've been there before, but they haven't been there before. Um, They were thrilled to uh, upset Tampa in the first round, and uh, I don't see them having the intensity that the Bruins did after being battle-tested to uh, knock off the Maple Leafs. So uh, you know the Blue Jackets might even win Game 1, but they're not winning this series.
1: Yeah, I like that bet a lot. I know uh, I, I heard on, on another podcast at some point in the in the last few days, people talking about how part of Columbus's momentum, and, and I should note, I've watched no NHL playoffs, so this is all secondhand, but that part of Columbus's uh, success in, in the playoffs was built on the momentum of them having a bunch of must-win games to end the regular season, and that they've been playing and keeping that momentum going, and so now this long layoff, as you pointed out, uh, could, could kill that but, momentum for
2: them. But him. my yeah. concern here, there are other... Podcasts and you listen to them. Is
1: that true? <laughs> I listened to a lot of. Po- it was not specifically a competitive, a competitor, a gambling uh, okay. podcast, uh, or some kind uh, of sports uh, podcast. You know. Okay. Uh. <laughs> there, listen, people, uh, all, all you listeners out there. We don't require that you only listen to us, but we do require that you listen to us every week and keep telling friends and uh, and uh, do do your part to, uh, to grow Gamble On. But, you know, you like other podcasts, go for it. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening and for telling friends and for whatever else you can do to spread the word. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and John at Bergen Brennan and follow U.S. Bets at U.S. underscore Bets. Go to U.S. Bets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. And with that, John, please provide some words to live by and take us out. Uh,
2: You know, Eric, it was so nice to see so many Europeans this week who, you know, they go back to the days before New Jersey rolled out online poker in 2013. And they used to ask me, why are Americans so prudish about gambling? And I just told them uh, on the rooftop what I told them way back, which is uh, don't ask a Jersey guy. We're the ones leading the charge, and uh, we're going to continue to do so, I suspect, even beyond uh, not only online poker, online casino gaming, sports betting, online sports betting, and whatever's next. So we'll keep doing that. So uh, for everybody out there, until next time, gamble on.